I mean, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you! Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. Greetings and welcome to episode number 39 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. And good morning, y'all. This is Chris. Good morning to you. I'm trying out new catchphrases. Oh, yeah? This one I'm trying out is called Good Morning, Y'all. Okay. It's I, friendly. I like it. It's accessible. Yeah. It's a little Southern. Yeah. I feel like people like that stuff. It's very uh, welcoming. Uh, that kind of has that southern, that southern hospitality yeah, like vibe charm. to yep. it. That's what I'm going for. I mean, you have charm regardless. You don't need to have a southern access to, <sighs> oh, accent to have Steve, charm. You are you are too much. You know, I do what I can. What's going on, Chris? Um, Anything? Anything new and exciting? I, ha- I do have something exciting. Go right ahead. I learned about roofing today. Yeah, we had a busy day. Yeah, we both we did this together. Um, my brother-in-law and your girlfriend's brother-in-law. Yes. Put a new roof on his house. So we helped him out. We did. We were there for uh, like 11 hours, I'd say. Yeah. We got there around 9-ish and left at like 6. No, it was like 7.30. 7? Yeah, you're right. It was after 7. Yeah. It was like 10 I, hours. Yeah, that's... I can't do the math right now. No. But, um... Yeah, neither of us have any roofing experience. None whatsoever. Um, learned a lot. We... we I think we did a pretty good job. I think so, too. It looks nice. We, we were, didn't finish. No, it's we did not. Roof. It's no. a very big roof. It is. It's a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yeah, we we had once a lot you got of help. on top, you're like, oh, jeez. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of square footage. Yeah, so we had a lot of people helping. Yeah, but only one person actually knew what they were doing. <laughs> so that person was in charge, pretty much directing everybody. Yeah, but it was nice because we had the people that were taken off the shingles. Yep, uh, and then we had the people below the house that were catching the shingles. Yep. Uh, and then we had the people who were putting new shingles on. So it was kind yeah, it was of a good, uh, an assembly line process. Yep. Everyone was doing the a thing. A lot of teamwork. A lot of teamwork. And it was exhausting. Yeah, I'm pretty tired. And we broke some OSHA laws that we found out about. Oh, we maybe we shouldn't say this on the podcast, but we're going to anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Apparently, it's against OSHA guidelines to carry shingles up a ladder on the roof. Yes. Which, I can see why. It was really hard. Yeah, they were 65 pounds each. Allegedly. Allegedly. We didn't weigh them. But no, we were told. told. The guy who was in charge yeah, said it was 65 pounds. I mean, yeah. he's trustworthy. Yeah. He knows what he was talking about. So we carried 65-pound shingle bags on up, our shoulder, up a, ladder. up a ladder, onto a roof. Yeah, like, how many would you say we brought up there? Like, 30? Uh, I'd say, like, yeah, probably about 30. And that covered maybe a quarter of the roof. Yes. Not even a quarter. Not yeah, even that, a that's, quarter. That's being generous. So, there's many more shingles to carry up on the roof. Yeah. So, it's going to be a project. Yeah. A long project. But yeah. it was a learning experience. Yeah, I had a good time, actually. Yeah, it was cool. So yeah, that was exhausting, but it was it was a, it was a fun time today. Um, I have I have some other things I can mention. Sure, go ahead. I've been watching some Netflix movies recently. All right, I watched Kubo and the Two Strings last night. Heard great things. I loved it. Yeah, I want to check it. I out. really loved it. I believe it was nominated for best animated feature. It was an Oscar nomination for best animated feature. It didn't win. Okay, I believe. Yeah, it was nominated against Zootopia, but I don't think 
Zootopia one either. I can't remember. I'm going to look it up real yeah, quick. Yeah, right, we're going to check on that because we're not going to leave you guys hanging. Zootopia. Oh, Zootopia did yeah, win. Zootopia did. All right, so you heard me say Zootopia didn't win, and you're like, you stupid person. I think it's because you assume that Pixar is always going to win, and Finding Dory did not win. Oh, Finding Dory was also nominated. I'm sure it was. I'm assuming it was. I exited out of it. Uh, now you box. clicked away. Yeah. We'll never know. I'm sure it was. Well, if you're an expert on Oscar nominations, specializing in animated films, you're probably fuming right now telling us how wrong we are. Right. But we did our best, right? I mean, we're not journalists here. We told you Zootopia won. Kubo and the Two Strings didn't. Um, I really like Zootopia also. I saw that in theaters. I wanted to see Kubo and Two Strings didn't have time. Loved the themes. Loved the animation. Loved the story. Yeah. It was like things that i personally like so i don't know if everyone would like was it, it based on something or um, is it an original story i wouldn't be surprised if it drew from like japanese folklore right but i don't really know okay cool yeah it was, it was a good movie it was just a good you should check it out speaking of good movies uh guardians of the galaxy 2 came out i heard oh, it was good we haven't seen it I've yet heard good things we're hoping to see it soon we're hoping to see it soon um hopefully tomorrow right uh, yeah. Hopefully we can uh, go and see it. But uh, kind of uh, segueing into last week's episode. See what I did there? Nice segue. Thanks. I do what I can. That's why you make the big bucks, which is zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you listen to last week's episode, uh, we did uh, Groot versus Treebeard. So a battle of the trees. If you have not listened, please go and listen. Check it out. Download it. Let us know your thoughts. And uh, currently, Groot is winning in our Twitter poll, 80% to 20% against uh, our good friend Treebeard from Lord of the Rings. Wow, Groot, Groot is riding high on his current popularity. He is. Everybody loves the uh, the Groot there. So, um, yeah, I've heard, I've heard Guardians was good. I heard good things about it. Hopefully, we can have uh, some feedback for it during our next episode to let the people know what we thought. And as, as Steve likes to say, that episode is a bit of a treat. It was a treat. I finally have a comeback for that. Go right ahead. That pun was okay. <laughs> well, maybe uh, Groot and Treebeard could stop fighting and have a treaty. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Maybe one of them has 99 problems, but a birch ain't one. <laughs> <laughs> So if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, definitely go back and check it out. Uh, the the polls will still be open for that uh, for for a little more time. Uh, let us know what you think or about it. Or just don't vote because I'm already winning. So that's just true. Leave it. Yeah, just leave it the way I, it is. I mean, I could use some votes, so I'll totally take the votes. Did we have a good number of votes in that? No. Oh, okay. So no. It's a low our, vote. our votes have been going down lately. Uh, After we, our big 110 vote Han Solo versus we Captain been Kirk, hitting the the good. Twitter yeah, tag. Yeah, we got to get people sharing them for. Yeah, rep- Maybe we should just Twitter tag everything hashtag BB8. Is that a good? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's what really really pushed us over the edge because I think we got retweeted by BB8's we, Twitter. No, it doesn't have a, a Twitter approved handle, but I think that's because it's hard to verify that it's the real BB8. That's true. He's a robot, exactly. And he's fictional. Yes, but it seemed like his the realest BB8 Twitter account you can get. Yeah, he retweeted, and that's where the poll went off. So maybe we'll just have to. I'll follow him. Maybe I'll I'll talk to BB8. We should see what we can somehow do. relate this episode to BB8 so we can justifiably hashtag him and then see if he retweets. It's a great plan. Let's see if we can do it. All right. We'll try our best. All right. So let's move into the episode then, shall we? If you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Fun fact, you might also be able to reach us by hiring a skywriting plane. 
if you know where we live, you can have the plane right near us, and maybe we'll look up in the sky and see it. <laughs> this is true. That might be a little uh, expensive. It's a, a total waste of your time and, and effort. And it's a complete shot in the dark. We probably won't see it. Have you ever seen a sky riding plane before? At the beach. At the beach? Also, there was one... Um, where were we? It was right. It kept writing like Jesus. It, we were in Magic Kingdom in Disney. Oh World. yeah, we, when we were in Disney, someone must like. I heard it happens a lot. Like apparently, someone just writes Jesus loves you all day. I there. mean, people are going to be there and see it. So. Yeah, like that's a good, good and place to advertise. and it also had a smiley face. They did. They did say some other things like about Jesus related things. Yeah, but I just I just wanted to offer viewers an alternative way to contact us. It's a good idea. Carrier pigeon, Pony mm-hmm. Pony Express. You'd have to find a telegram pigeon that knew where we lived. Yes, this is true. So I'd say 50% chance on any given pigeon knows where we live. <laughs> on any given pigeon in we, the entire world? I mean, a lot of pigeons fly around. I see a lot of pigeons day to day. Well, we have to teach that pigeon some uh, some important skills, which is another segue. To teaching? Yes, that's it. Oh, my gosh. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week, Steve. This week. Oh, thank you, Chris. I You're appreciate welcome. that. You're one of my favorite teachers. Even though I never had you as a student because we're the... I'm like older than you. You're older than It'd me. It'd be weird. to be very weird. No, I, I feel like I learn a lot from you, actually. You oh. teach me things every day. So, yeah. So, this week in the United States is Teacher Appreciation Week. I, myself, am a teacher. If you're yes. a teacher out there, thank you. You uh, you are underappreciated in our country, and I'm yes. sorry for that. Yes. Uh, teachers are, are great uh, contributors to modern society. So important they in are. so many ways. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, we thought that since it's Teacher Appreciation Week here in the United States... We would take uh, some fictional and famous teachers from TV and film and pit them against each other in a 1v1 fight and then also argue who would win Teacher of the Year. Because just because you get overpowered doesn't mean that you cannot be a good teacher. What we wanted to do first, before we get to our main arguments between the teachers that we chose, we wanted to do kind of like a blind uh, teacher fight. We are have a list here, or we have a bunch of cards, of various teachers from TV and film. And Chris and I have not seen these cards. They were written by our intern, our unpaid intern, Nicole, who's uh, very famous on our uh, podcast. Great intern. Put uh, this little card pile together. And what Chris and I are going to do is we're going to pull them out one by one, and we're going to have to argue. What Are we Are we arguing who would win in this instance? Well, or well, just... Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll okay. just talk, quick, quick talk about them. Okay. All right, let's do it. So Chris is going to pull one, and then right. I'm going to pull one. And did one. you say these are ones we did not pick? These are these we, are rejects. These are not the ones that Chris and I are going to fight yeah. in, in a in Honestly, a bit. there were so many good choices. Like, there Ooh. are a lot of cool teachers. I got a good one. What do you have? I have Professor Snape from Harry Potter. I have Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid. Oh, boy. All right. So it's unfair that my character is a real human and yours is a wizard. Uh, he's a human, though, still. Yeah, but, like, he has magical powers, and I have normal human powers. But you're also a martial artist. Yeah, but, like, against a wand? Yeah, but Snape needs his wand. That's true, if I can disarm you. Yes. Mr. Miyagi has never really shown, like, uh, sneakiness. He's never sneaked up on anyone. So, like, he'd really need the element of surprise to beat you. Snape murders people. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I guess, but also, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. Sometimes Who good murders guys, people. Sometimes good guys murder people. Yeah, this is true. I mean, some of our favorite good guys murder tons of people. Like, Did you ever see Rambo? He was a good guy. He murders, like, everyone. Yeah, that's right. Did you ever see every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie ever? Murders He's people. always the good guy, always murders everyone. I um, John McClane in Die Hard, 
murders tons of people. Professor Snape, I feel, has awful teaching techniques, though. He's very cold. Ooh, he does seem like a bad teacher. Yeah. Like, he's your scary teacher who, like, you're afraid of going to his class. Exactly. And, like, he knows his stuff. Like, you're going to learn something probably. Yes. He probably caters. Well, he's also f- plays favorites. He likes the Slytherins. Yes, he does. Um, I would feel like, in general, he would also play favorites with, like, the smarter kids, the kids who are better in his class. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a Gryffindor. Then he hates you. Especially if you're Harry Potter. Then he's super Then he you. really, really hates you. Then he just wants to kill you. He's also very... Um... Like monotone, the way he talks. Like, welcome to potions class. Today we are going to be learning about. Are you doing Roz from from Monsters Inc.? No. <laughs> okay. This is Roz. That's not even that All good. All right. So you just add a little Mike more Mike Wazowski. The only difference between Professor Snape and Roz is a little more nasal tone. And one is a human, and one is a giant slug monster from well, the Monsters World. True. That's there's a lot of differences physically and in character. But in terms of your impression, yes. that's all you change. Yeah, yeah. that's all okay. you change. Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. So Mr. Miyagi, is Mr. Miyagi a good teacher? I don't know. Doesn't the karate kid lose in the movie? No, he wins the tournament by cheating. He kicks him in the face, which is clearly against the rules of the tournament. And, like, I don't know if he taught him good karate. Like, I mean, remember when he teaches him, like, wax on, wax off? Mm-hmm. Is that good? Like, would you ever teach a kid that? You're a, you know karate, so I, mean, I do you, know karate. Would you teach karate? I do teach karate. Do you ever do you teach wax on wax off? No. Do you ever make Karate Kid inspired jokes? No. Do you ever make references to Mr. Miyagi in your class? I do not, but there is a student who calls my sensei Mr. Miyagi. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it is pretty funny. I mean, he also had Daniel like what? Do you, what was wax on wax off? His car or his fence? He had him like fix his car. He basically had him do housework for him. Yeah, and apparently it's supposed to teach you how to be a martial arts master. Oddly enough, the lessons Mr. Miyagi taught Daniel always directly applied to things he was doing in his karate fights. Yes. So Mr. Miyagi may be sentient, maybe just knows what's coming up. Like Daniel was able to use wax on, wax off to, you know, defend himself in the exact way that someone would fight him. And then in Karate Kid 2. Do you remember he used that little, um, so it's like, it's like a little, a handheld stick with a drum on the end with two balls on a string and you kind of move your hands back and forth and the balls fly around and hit it. It's a, it's actually the best description I can make right now. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, okay. So picture a stick. Yes. With a little tiny drum on the top of it. Okay. Drum, stick underneath. Right. On the sides of the drums, there's a string with a little ball. Oh! So as you, yeah, 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 as yeah. you, the balls Turn are, are the string. Are, the balls fly back and forth, yes. hitting the sides of the drum, making yes. sound. It's like a kid's toy. Yes. Mr. Miyagi has Daniel use that. I'm pretty sure. You know what? Now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> I spent a lot of time explaining to you that toy, and now I'm not sure that was it. <laughs> but he has him use that as like an offensive technique to fight a kid. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna he work. Just starts, he just like hits him on the side of the head over oh, and over. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So that's supposed to be teaching him about how to use. <laughs> Who yeah, knows? I don't, I, don't know. I don't know. I never used that. I never learned that. Karate Kid Two wasn't a great. A great sequel. No. But anyway, sorry. That's just, that's my Mr. Miyagi opinion. I, he, Mr. Snape beats him in a fight. They're both bad teachers. They are both bad teachers. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Just because of Mr. Miyagi's probable luck in teaching Daniel and Daniel winning, probably I give Mr. Miyagi the edge in teaching ability, but mostly due to luck. Yeah, I feel like uh, Mr. Miyagi's uh, are more his teaching techniques are more applicable to the real world. That's where, true. Where Snape's are applicable to the wizarding world, 
but that's he's limiting half the population right there because of people who cannot be wizards. Some of the other teachers that we have here, uh, we also have Mr. Feeney. From, from Boy World. Means World. Feeney was a great teacher. Everybody loved he Mr. Was. Feeney. Everyone, he was a great teacher. Uh, we have Dewey Finn from School of Rock, played by Jack Black. We had a bit of a back and forth over whether he was a good teacher. On the surface, very bad teacher. He impersonated a teacher. He right. has no teaching credentials. Right. No teaching certificate or anything. Uh, all he did was teach the kids how to play music. Now, also that we have to remember, though, this was a private school. Right. So, so they're not held up to the same standards. As a public school. Exactly. Uh, Miss Norberry from Mean Girls, played by Tina Fey, who was in charge of uh, solving the problems in the schools with all the bullying. Yeah, she, were going she really on. understood what the kids were going through. Yes. Miss Honey from Matilda. Also a very nice oh, teacher. One. Um, some that are popping into my head. Uh, think of the teacher played by Ben Stein in Ferris oh, Bueller's Day Ferris Off. Bueller. Yeah. Bueller. Yeah, yeah, the, he was, he was just your typical teacher. very boring teacher. Yes. Uh, anybody from Harry Potter, uh, you can think of as great teacher. Yeah, teachers. some great teachers, some not as good. Indiana Jones, technically a teacher. You're right, a professor. Yeah, he's a professor of archaeology. Didn't get shown doing much professing. Only in one, three, and four. Only in three-fourths of the movies? Yeah, but only for a little bit. Yeah, the very short scenes, and I think in one of them he climbs out a window to escape talking to students. I This is a true story. Uh, in college, I had a history professor, and his name was Dr. Jones. Wow. And uh, he started the day, and he's like, I don't have a fedora, I don't have a whip, but I am Dr. Jones. Man, I wonder if he hates Indiana Jones because of that. Yeah, I'm not sure. If He should embrace it, really, like... What did he teach? He taught uh, ancient history, so it kind of worked that's, out. That's close. Yeah, yeah it is he close. He really should, like... That should be his hero. His fun fact was that he hitchhiked across the Sahara Desert three times. In his three life. times? Yeah, three times. Wow, I feel like once is pretty lucky you didn't die. I know. And he's like, I'll do it two more times. I'll do it. That's such a great time. Did he uh, ride a camel at all? Um, I'm sure he did at one point. I did see one picture that he showed us of him on the back of a truck. Mm-hmm. Driving through the Sahara Desert. So, so yeah, so there's some of the other teachers. There's some great teachers. We we've left off two notably great teachers from that list. We did, and that's because they're going to be the teachers in our fight today. Chris, who are you picking for our uh, teachers' fight here? I have chosen childhood favorite Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle, who's that? She's the teacher from Magic, Magic School Bus. Oh, that's right. The show that teachers play. When they, like, need a break from teaching their kids. <laughs> and it's or it's raining. Is that true? Do teachers play movies when they just, like, don't feel like doing anything? Uh, yes, I would argue. Um, I do not. What What are the go-tos? The, like, Magic School Bus is popular with the younger ages. The younger ages. Bill Nye, a little older, maybe? I say, I'd say uh, uh, Mythbusters. Mythbusters nowadays. For, for science yep. class. Yep. Um... I, I will say this. When I was in high school, Forrest Gump was the go-to for history <laughs> class. It covers so much. I it guess. does. It's really just like through the through the ages. Yeah. Getting back on track, I should say. Uh, Miss Frizzle is described as an eccentric third grade teacher at Walkerville Elementary School. She uses magical devices like her magic school bus to teach the class scientific concepts. Some get pretty complicated, like light and relativity and space and like quantum physics pretty in depth yeah like it's pretty serious stuff and yeah. like this is a 30 minute show yeah so like pretty good that she can do that so like i said she has a magic school bus it can shape sift it seems to have a mind of its own it has eyes um 
Let's see, Miss Frizzle. She has a cousin named Murph. I don't know why Wikipedia thinks that's important to m- mention. <laughs> she used to be an actress. I did see that. She's she's and in a band. She's in a band, yeah. That was called the Frizzlets. And it didn't work out, and that's why she became a teacher, I believe. Uh, I guess. Those were different times. Today it's hard to become a teacher in some areas. Teaching is a very competitive field. Yeah. Yeah. Which is strange, like... It's not a great paying field. The benefits used to be good, but now they're even getting... That's not even like a guarantee anymore. Yeah, that's true. Uh, What else? She apparently um, learned a lot about busonautics. Was that the study of busing? Yes, I believe that is the study of buses. Probably how she created her magic school bus. I wasn't able to find any origins of the magic school bus, like how she got it or how it became a sentient being. So she learned bussonautics from the mechanic R.U. Humorous. And um, there is an impossible uh, romantic involvement because she had had nicknames and he had nicknames for her. According to the magic school bus Wikipedia, it would seem that Miss Frizzle has no fear. Because no matter the situation, she will usually be laughing or smiling, including when caught in a spider's web. Yeah, I was reading about that episode. She did some things that are pretty uh, awful. Well, we'll have to get into that later. We will. We will. Who'd you choose, Steve? I chose Professor Charles Xavier from the X-Men uh, comic franchise, X-Men movie fram- franchise, uh Played by James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart in the younger and older versions, respectively. Uh, he is a gifted mutant who runs the uh, Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters for students uh, that have mutant abilities. Um, and he also teaches at this school. And What classes does he teach? I know that he teaches mutant ethics. Um, Interesting. That's, that's in X-Men... Three, the Last Stand. Um, have you ever seen the X Men movies? No, no. I saw, I saw the one where they have to team up with Magneto at the end to fight. Like that's a lot of them. <laughs> um, they do that in X Men Two. I think it was X Men Two. Like, like the government made like this um, dart that like unmutants. Mutants. That's X Men Three. Oh, is it? Yeah. And the end of X Men Three, they fight Magneto. So that's why I'm kind of confused where you're coming with. No, there's one where like. So yeah, the government makes a cure and they put it yeah. in uh, darts. Yeah, yeah, that's X Men that Three. One. That's X Men Three. Yeah, with Juggernaut and yeah. he says like, "I'm the Juggernaut." <laughs> yep, and like runs through the walls and then uh, Juno is in it. Yeah, um, forget her Ellen name. Page. Ellen Page is in it. Yeah, that's X Men Three. And then Jean Grey has that kind of cool scene at the end when she, she turns into Dark Phoenix. Is that what? Is that how? I just th- interpreted that as like using her full powers. Well, so Jean Grey. Uh, she has like a dual personality, oh. so she's like the most powerful mutant. She's more powerful than Professor Xavier. Yeah, they have the same mutant power. They're both tele telepathics or whatever. Telekin- uh, telekinetic, telepath, yeah. yeah, however you want to say it. And um, her other um, persona is the Phoenix. Uh, and uh, Professor Xavier, he uh, that she was his first student, and he put like mind. That's right. Blocks in her brain to like completely ignore the the Phoenix. That sounds pretty mutantly ethical to me. Yeah, so, yeah, I know, right? Uh, and that comes up in the movie, too. I personally don't think that X-Men 3 is as bad as people say it is. It's not as bad. I, I personally think that X-Men Apocalypse, the most recent X-Men movie, uh, was worse than X-Men 3. 
but um, is X Men Three the one that had the Beast played by uh, like Kelsey Kaiser? Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, Kelsey yeah. Grammer. Yeah. So anyway, so in Mutant Ethics, like at one point he was saying, like, say for example, we have like a brain dead uh, patient who's not conscious whatsoever. Would it be ethical to take? Uh, someone's conscious, you know, he's like a father of four dying of cancer, take his conscience and put him in someone else's body. So that way he could be alive and live with his kids again and not have to worry about dying from cancer. So that's what they talked about in the movie. Do you remember what they decided? Um, there was a problem because they were announcing that the cure was coming out. So he had to stop the lesson because he wanted to go watch the news. That's really interesting. Cause did you know there's a, there's an X-Men comic where, Professor Xavier transfers his consciousness to another body. So actually, that actually happens at the end of the movie, too. Wait, which movie? X-Men 3. I've seen that movie. I don't remember that at all. So it's a post credit scene. Oh. So in X-Men 3, Professor Xavier dies. I don't know if you remember that or not. Don't remember that he gets all. He gets vaporized by Jean Grey, the Phoenix. She completely just... And at the end of the movie, he's, you see the same patient that he was talking about in his lesson, and he wakes up, and you hear Charles Xavier's voice. Oh. <gasps> Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I guess he thought that was ethical. So. In the comics, he did it when he his legs got crushed, and he did it to have, like, working legs. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's a little bit about uh, Charles Xavier there. So what do we want to argue first? Do we want to argue who would win first in a 1v1, or do we want to move, say that second, and start with the... Uh... Let's do teaching ability first, because a bunch of my teaching things are going to be used as weapons later. Okay, that's fine. So we'll start with who would win, like, Teacher of the Year, for example. Yeah. Between Charles like Xavier that. and uh, Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle. Let's do it. Valerie Felicity Frizzle oh, is her full name. I didn't even know she had a first name. Yeah, that's on the Magic School Bus Wiki. I'm, I'll take it as fact. All right, so uh, a good teacher should be involved in the educational field outside of the classroom. They shouldn't just be in the classroom, teach, and then go home and do their thing. Which is exactly what Charles Xavier does not do. He teaches his lesson, but then he also goes out into the real world and he is a voice. And fights mutants. I mean, and fights bad guys. This is true. So that makes mm. it even, even better. Um, but he um, goes out into the world and he argues for mutant rights, which is very, very important. And he brings mm -hmm. that also into his classroom, into his lessons, into his lectures. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he gets his students involved also. Uh, he is very, very kind, very, very caring. He he homes his students. I mean, there are some teachers who are essentially the parents of those students because the the students are neglecting at home. And Charles Xavier gave these students a place to live, mm -hmm. uh, a community to feel safe in. He gave them food. He provides them with textbooks and clothes because he's like a billionaire because his parents were very, very wealthy. Or because he used his powers to like get a bunch of money. They never talk about that, but... He I mean, have. he was very, I mean, he could have, but he was very, very wealthy before he realized he had powers. He lived in this giant mansion, oh, which which is like the X mansion, the Xavier uh, mansion. I get it. Yes. So there's a lot of X puns in the X-Men uh, comics. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, ho-ho. But, uh, yeah, so his teaching techniques, I Excellent. mean, there, there are some of the scenes in the movies where I would just wish I could just sit down and that would be a whole movie, just me listening to Professor Xavier teach and talk. That would be cool to just talk to him. Yeah. No, would be even cooler. Was that going to the magic school bus? Why is that? Because it's amazing. Why? So, some of your description, like I felt like you were talking about Miss Frizzle. When you were like getting the kids involved, uh -huh. like nobody gets the kids involved like Miss Frizzle. You even mentioned something like fighting for causes. Uh huh. And you said mutant rights. Yes. So Miss Frizzle had a whole lesson on animal rights, and you know what she did? 
She turned her kids into lizards. That's a good thing? Yeah, because they learned firsthand what it's like to be a Why lizard. just take the kids to the zoo? That was another episode. They did, She did take the kids to the zoo in an episode. I'm assuming she had uh, permission slips for this, and all the parents agreed that their children could turn into lizards. I'm. They probably did. They probably did. Well, here's the here's Chris, here's if, you're, if your if your child, which you don't have a child, but if your child came home and said, "Hey, Dad, I'm gonna be turned into a reptile tomorrow. Give me permission." What are you gonna say? Are you gonna say yes? A couple things. <laughs> So, out of the blue, I'm going to be like, what? No way! You can't turn into a lizard. Your teacher's insane. However, I I like to interpret Magic School Bus in one of two ways. And for the purposes of this argument, I'm going to interpret it in whatever works best at the time. Way one. Miss Frizzle teaches an extremely competitive, gifted class for only the best third grade students where she will, like, enrich their lives with some of, like the most difficult to obtain hands-on lessons mm-hmm. such as turning them into lizards such as turning them into beams of light such as going into space going underwater going inside other people's bodies <laughs> wait 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 going into other people's bodies they're not just going into random people's bodies they're going into each other's bodies yeah well it was she's always going, for a good reason she's going inside the body of her children well of her students. One of them was because he had a fever and they wanted to see why he was sick. Why don't they just take him to the hospital and they could learn through that way? Because in the real world, in the real world, when something happens, they're not just going to be able to go into a magic school bus and go into someone's body to solve the problem. But they're going to know exactly what the inside of someone's body looks like and they can use that to their benefit. Talk about ethical going into your students' bodies. I think the student consented to them going inside. I don't know. They went they went in students' bodies twice that I know of. Probably more often, but like I didn't like look at every single episode. Once was they went in to look at this kid's digestion, and once they went in because the kid was sick and they wanted to see like the immune system. Yeah. And I think the immune system started attacking the bus. Usually scary stuff does happen, but like Miss Frizzle's always cool. She handles it. So so in response to your permission slip thing. I'm sure she got permission slips. I mean, that's the school policy at Walkerville Elementary, most likely. But here's the other possibility. The students in Miss Frizzle's class are all orphans that she adopted. And she is their sole parental guardian. So she has, she can sign their permission slips. And this is how she chooses to like teach her children lessons. Yeah, but she makes some really, really poor decisions. Like, for example, the episode where she goes into space. Right. I have a clip up here of the episode. One of the the, the students takes off. Is that his, Arnold? Yes, he takes I mean, he takes off his helmet, and his face turns into glass or into ice. Well, instantly he learned a valuable lesson about taking off your helmet in space. Th- he's dead. I bet he won't do he's that. He's dead. That's that's that's. But that's does he dead. die? Does he die in the episode? I don't know why he didn't die. If this show is as authentic because as you say Ms. it is, Frizzle's he should have died. The magic saves him. The magic let him learn the lesson. Hey, don't take your helmet off in space, you dummy. And and first of all, I mean, if any kid was going to do it, it's so. Are you be saying Arnold. she has the ability to bring people back from the dead? I'm saying yes, she does. <laughs> based on this clip you just showed me. So, first of all, this is a very Arnold thing to do. Arnold was like, he's like pff, always making mistakes, like. If there was one kid that was going to turn his head to ice and die, you'd be like, Arnold, 
And honestly, not a big loss. He's kind of annoying. So you're saying it's okay that a no, student no, died sorry. on the field I'm trip? Miss Frizzle would never say that. She loves all of her children. Me personally, I was like, yeah, get Arnold out of there. He's annoying. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, she's done some other uh, pretty weird things. All right, bring some up. What do you got? What do you got? All right, so at one point, uh, Miss Frizzle took the kids up a chicken's butt. Uh, I guess to <laughs> teach them about ch- chickens. Now, so it's look, at, look at the chicken. What's the chicken? The what's ch- the chicken doing? The chicken makes a face of surprise, right? Because, but what else is the chicken doing? Running away. It's running away. It does not want to be involved in this whatsoever. This, Peta is going to come after Miss Frizzle. This is a great lesson on animal abuse. That Miss Frizzle was teaching the kids. So, so, so that's the way to learn about animal abuse is to abuse animals. Well, I'm sure she erased the chicken's memory after. So, no harm, no foul, right? Yes, you committed a crime. Well, I don't know if there's technically a law against flying a school bus up a chicken's butt. I'm. You're, are, you, are you about to? Are you, were you about to say I'm pretty sure there is? <laughs> because you say that a lot when you there shouldn't have to be a law because that should just be. It probably does fall under the envelope of animal abuse, but still, specifically, flying a school bus up a chicken's butt, I'm pretty sure is not in a law. I mean, there's another one here we can also look at, the time where her students were fertilized by salmon. This is an interesting one. I didn't know about this one. Male male salmon went over the children and dispensed their fertilizing uh, materials all over the children. I don't think that's a great thing for a teacher to expose her students to, especially if these students are her children. Would you expose your children to something like that? Well, it's a great lesson on (laughs) reproduction. That's for sure. I mean, yes, it is a lesson on reproduction, but you don't have to be covered in reproductive uh, materials to learn about reproduction. That's true, but this is a great hands-on way. This is the disgusting hands-on way. This is a combination of multiple gardener, multiple intelligence things that are good for teaching, including kinetic learning of, you know, feeling the inside of a salmon egg. Also, auditory learning, feeling or hearing the sounds of a salmon um, dispensing, fertilizing you. Uh, visual, because you get to see everything. You're like, this is how the salmon... <laughs> yeah, you're right on top of the play. This is how the salmon works. And tactical, because you're feeling... You're feeling... Tactile. Oh, it does say tactile. My yes, bad. Says- tactical would be different. <laughs> tactical would be like, they pull out like a machete. Or, or, uh, <laughs> their machine gun. Uh, uh, never mind. Um, tactile. They're, they're feeling the salmon egg. They're feeling the other stuff. They're... <laughs> <laughs> they're covered in it, so oh, I mean they're they're getting a lot of tactile feedback. Yes, and this is a great this this lesson hits everything. This no, lesson this also has real life experiences. You're giving your kids real life experiences. Um, it's fostering positive relationships because the kids are like, what? And they're bonding over this crazy thing I, that I happened. I think they're bonding because they're terrified. Still, that's bonding. Uh, it it's it's a great example of like how to teach, you know, how to teach memorable lessons. I'm going to bring up an article that I found from April 4th, 2010. The article is called Miss Frizzle, Magic School Bus Driver Charged with DUI. Uh-oh. Yes. Um, the popular children's book star Miss Frizzle was arrested today after being pulled over for the reckless driving and proceeded to fail a breathalyzer test. Miss Frizzle insisted that uh, during the sobriety test that she was not intoxicated at all. Um, as the report reads, Miss Frizzle claimed that she was on her way to take the kids to the Mariana Trench to show them what it's like to live 35,000 feet below sea level. That's a cool lesson. She was taking her kids on a field trip 
she said. Deepest place on earth. People asked her, you know, how are you going to do this? And she said, with my magic school bus, of course. The officer read her her rights and placed her under arrest as after that statement was made. What website's this on? Uh, RottenEggHead.wordpress.com. I, I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to say fake news. Deputies arrived on the scene to bring home the children who Miss Frizzle kidnapped. A few parents are debating lawsuits since Miss Frizzle removed their children from the premises of the school without the parents' knowledge or signed permission. According to the children on the bus, this is nothing new. It's a classic smear campaign, painting a great teacher in a bad light for personal gain. Probably some, like, prosecutor trying to make a name for himself. It's really sad because, like, you're taking a great teacher, dragging her name through the mud, according to the Rotten Egg. What was the Rotten Egg something? RottenEgg.wordpress.com. A WordPress. That's a blog. Friends, this is a blog fr- post. Forensic teams found trace trace amounts of cocaine in the children's juice that Miss Frizzle had provided all the children with before leaving to go on the field trip. All the previous field trips where the Magic School Bus uh, did observe stunts are believed to be the result of cocaine. So she's this being held without bond. saying that she was giving all of her students cocaine. Yep. To make them think they were going on fantastical field trips. Yes. While she was really just drunk driving. Yes. She was also drunk driving. Oh boy. So this is unconfirmed. I'm not accepting this as fact. It's on a WordPress blog. I mean, why I'm would, sh- why would somebody make this up? That's a good point. I'm sure no one would make that up unless it was true, but. I'm just kidding. There's lots of reasons that people would make that up. <laughs> All right. So you've, you've hit Miss Frizzle with some heavy allegations that yes. I've, I've tried to deflect. I've tried to defend. Let's talk about Professor X for a little bit. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to draw your attention to X-Men number four. Okay. You know that, I assume? Yeah. It's from 1964. It's a little before our time. Just a little bit. So in this episode, Professor X touches Jean Grey's elbow and holds her hand while telling her to be careful. And afterward, he thinks, the one I love. Only problem with this, Jean Grey's 15 years old. Oh, boy. Professor Xavier. Yeah. Yeah. That's an inappropriate relationship between a teacher and a student. How old was Professor Xavier? Uh, teacher age. He was, a, he was an adult. He also became like a teacher, I think, when he was like 17 years old. He became like a professor. Uh, like okay. Technically, it doesn't say his age, so I guess that's a good defense, but like... Yeah. I think he's older. I have to look that up. I apologize. Making, but making, still, she was fifteen and his. She was fifteen and his student. Inappropriate. I mean, this is the thing too. With the, when it comes to the comic books, there are so many different variations and iterations of the there, comic there book are characters. So many things. We don't know what what uh, you know canon this is. X Men is like one of the probably the most like retcon filled comics. And the films. Oh my gosh, there is no continuity oh, whatsoever. Yeah. So um. You know how Batman had a plan to kill every member of the Justice League in case they, like, went rogue? I know that, yes, Charles Xavier also had Charles a plan. Charles Xavier also had a plan on how he would kill every member of the X-Men, including himself. So you have to remember, though, the X-Men are not his students. The X-Men have moved on. They've kind of, like, graduated from being his students and are now part of their own uh, group as you would say. Once you're an X-Men, Professor Xavier does not like sit you down once a week and teach you different lessons on like well, mutant ethnic. He's still your teacher in the way that he's like your mentor. So yeah, so he's a mentor who keeps you in check in case you do any things that you're not supposed to be doing. And maybe kills you? If you're doing things you're not supposed to be doing. Mm, it 
He's not killing. He's not killing his students. He's pretty much. He he has plans to watch over people who work for him. The X Men work for Charles Xavier. He doesn't have a list of all the students in his school and have plans on how to kill them. Just the X Men. Okay. Maybe maybe he has plans to kill some of his students too. It just says the X Men. Maybe he has a powerful student that he's like, eh, I might need to kill them. I'll get an early head start on how to kill them plan. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're just making bold accusations. That's, that's just conjecture on my part. Yeah. But I would say that, you know, it's it would cross his mind. For someone who plans how to kill mutants, if he meets if he's one of his students a powerful mutant, he's like, Oh, he might be an X Man someday. I might need to I kill think him. he would keep him close and he would keep a watchful eye on him. But he wouldn't just, you know, be like, mm, let's open up chapter two, how to kill Timmy. You know, that's not what he's going to do. All right. Maybe. Maybe. That it transitions a little nicely into my my next point, uh, in keeping a close eye on people. Some of the potentially unethical ways Xavier has used his telepathy. Okay. So um, one of them, uh, I got to find a good one. Because one of them's like, he wipes Magneto's mind to disable him. Do you, do you feel that's unethical? I don't know. That seems okay. Wiping minds. Um, if he, you're trying to protect them from in, something. In X-Men First Class, he, ripe, he wipes Moira's mind, the CIA boss. Yes, he does. So she, uh, That's a female, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. To make her forget the location of a base. Yes. Is it there? Is it the X-Men's base? Yes, it is where the school is. So he makes her forget. Because he's afraid that she's going to know that that school is there because she works for the government. Yeah. And tell them that there's this secret school for children with mutant abilities up in New York. So that's why he wipes her mind. All right. I mean, I think that's a debatable use of your mind powers. Yeah. Um, Apparently there's another example in Ultimate X-Men where he um, releases pheromone or hormones into Cyclops' mind. To kind of make him act how he wants. Hmm. To make him happier. So well, think of it this way, too. Cyclops is also an X-Men. It's someone that works for him. It's not a student. He, Scott has graduated from being a student, and Scott is now also a teacher. Still, if a teacher is doing unethical things with people who aren't his students, it might put, you know, show them in a bad light. But it's pretty, it's pretty much like, think of Xavier as, like, the principal of the school, but he's also a teacher. And the X-Men are his staff. And he has to keep them in checking, making sure that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing, teaching good lessons, being positive role models for the students. All right. So you're saying I got to step up my criticism of Xavier. What if he killed his sister? What if he killed his sister? Mm-hmm. Under what circumstances? Um, in the womb. In the womb. Wait, you know about this? Yes. Oh, man, you know a lot about Xavier. I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to blow Steve's mind with this. No, I mean, that he didn't purposely do it. Um, yes, he did. In the womb. Yeah. He sensed her dangerous power and used his psychic powers to kill her. So he performed an abortion inside of his mother. I think if an unborn baby kills another unborn baby... Is that murder? Is it murder? According to the current laws of the United States, I don't think it is. When did this happen? First trimester? Second trimester? It doesn't say. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say. This is tough. All right, fine. I'll move on. <laughs> All right. Did you know there was a storyline where Xavier tried to wipe out humanity? Tell me. All right. So, Xavier. Interesting person. Paradoxically strives for a peaceful mutopia, but also training soldiers for superpowered war. 
So this actually is in the same storyline where Xavier wipes Magneto's mind. And in doing so, he absorbs Magneto's negative emotions. Hmm. So these take a pretty heavy toll on, on Xavier. And, like, he starts to feel some of uh, Magneto's, like, I don't know, distrust of humanity. Like, he's worried about what they'll do to humans. So he basically creates this super powerful suit of armor that he controls, like, telepathically. And his plan A is to create, like, a ultimate, like, group of, like, smart people uniting all of humanity's smartest people to, like, do good. But I think he goes about this, like, a little crazily. So he uh, gets some pushback from good from the heroes. So he goes to plan B, which is create uh, the Manhattan Citadel, which is, like, his evil castle, evil, evil capital. A Sentinel army. The Sentinels, as you know, are the robots that fight the X-Men. Yep. And create a second sun to try to destroy all of humanity. So, yeah, he did that. Uh, does it say what storyline? It doesn't say. It doesn't say the name of the comic series, but the character, the guy, the robot or whatever he turned into was called Onslaught. So he has to make tough choices. Some choices, some diff- that seems like a choices. bit of an oversimplification when he made the choice to destroy humanity. It's a tough choice. I would agree. Well, I mean, it should be a tough choice, but like it was, it was literally his plan B. It wasn't like his like 18th plan. It was his second plan. Well, I mean, if he has the power to destroy all of humanity, who's included in that? Miss Frizzle. We're not to the fight part yet. Cool it. Are you sure? I feel like we should, we should segue right into it. Wait, I have, have I, have, I have one more thing on Xavier. All right. Um, so in, in early comics, when they introduced the X-Men, they, they introduced, like, Colossus, Wolverine, Storm as, like, the X-Men team. But they were actually recruited to rescue the original X-Men who were imprisoned on an island called Krakoa. Okay. So this is in X-Men Deadly Genesis. Well... I think that storyline is for multiple comics, but in in X Men Deadly Genesis, it reveals this was actually his third team that he tried to save them. The second team he sent uh, all died. And Why did they all it was die? Because they weren't ready for battle. He they basically were like new trainees. He used his mental powers to give them uh, like super speed training, mm-hmm. and then he sends all these like not well trained people in, and they get slaughtered. They weren't good learners. The only thing they were able to do, they weren't, they didn't have a great teacher, was they did free Cyclops. But then Cyclops was so freaked out by, like, what happened that Xavier had to wipe his mind. He likes doing that, doesn't he? Kind of like Men That's what I there. mean. He just wipes people's minds. When things get tough, he's like, mind wipe. Oh, you know he's that pr- I he's did pr- bad things? He, mind wipe. He's protecting them from the truth. The truth that he created. Like, he's, he, yes. He is technically doing that, but, like, in the same way that someone who might, like, punch you in the face and then erase your, erase your mind is protecting you from the truth. He still punched you in the face. Like, he's a he did some bad stuff. But why did he punch you in the face? Because... What did, what did you do to provoke it? That's just an example. Oh, okay. I don't know what he did. <laughs> All right. I think we've laid out our points on why we're a good teacher and why we're a bad teacher. I think so too. We we have it all out there. Yes. So let's let's bring it back to Miss Frizzle. Let's and, fight. Let's fight. Yes. Uh, Professor Xavier has the ability to freeze people, like mid step. He can kind of like freeze time. 
He could freeze Miss Frizzle and then just kill her. Mm, well, here's the thing. Miss Frizzle has her own ability to uh, manipulate time. Can she freeze time? I don't know if she's frozen it, but I believe she's traveled through time. Okay, so, so she, she can go has, back in time? She has time-bending abilities. The ex, uh, Charles Xavier also uh, has the ability with Kitty Pride to travel through time. With what? Kitty Pride. Who's that? One of the X-Men. What? What's her power? She can walk through walls and travel back in time. <laughs> Those are two completely different powers. So they, they argue that she can phase through things, whether it's time or solid objects. That's that's the one that's played by Ellen Page. That's Kitty Pride. Oh, she never time travels in the movie. She okay, just... so that was that was like controversy because in, in 1, 2, and 3, Kitty Pride's in 1, 2, and 3, but she's I only... I never knew her name was Kitty. Did they call her that? Yeah. But she's only played by Ellen Page in the third one. Okay. And in one, two, and three, she walks through walls. And then in Days of Future Past, which she's a main uh, part of that, she's the one who puts Wolverine's conscious back in time. And so like people are like, why or where did her time travel power come from? Because they never addressed it in the first three movies. I guess she just learned it. She had a bad teacher who took forever to teach it to her. No, she might just not have it developed it yet. Because a lot of times your mutant abilities take time to develop. I'm sure they do. Yes, they do. I'm sure that's what the bad teachers. So Miss Miss Frizzle's frozen. Xavier comes up, kills her. Boom. Maybe she uses her time powers. She traveled back to the time of dinosaurs. She can also time travel. So she's going to travel back to a time where Xavier doesn't live. That's really going to help her. No, I'm just saying that maybe you can manipulate time, but so can she. Like she's going to combat your time manipulation with hers. How do you fight time travel with time travel? I feel well, like, like you try doing... to freeze her, but she's like, nope, I can control time too. I unfreeze myself. Oh, wow. All right. Then he can just use his telepathy to just blow up your brain. Uh, That's probably true. If you can find her brain, because she shrunk down to the size of a single cell. That's fine. He can identify you. He can identify you? So he has Cerebro. Are you familiar with Cerebro? I do know of Cerebro. Cerebro, he can uh, use Cerebro to... Doesn't Cerebro find mutants, though? So that's... It does find mutants. However, it can be reprogrammed to find humans. And in X-Men 2, it was reprogrammed to find the humans, and they were trying to use it to kill all of the humans That's on the right. planet. That's right. So if he targeted all of his force to finding Miss Frizzle, no matter what her size is, he could focus all of his uh, telepathic energy to kill Miss Frizzle. Okay, counterpoint. Miss Frizzle might not be a human. Okay, so what is she? I don't know, some type of alien being. Then she shouldn't be teaching children. Why not? Because she's not human. Only humans can. And how is she so familiar with our customs and our history and our science and math and everything if she's not from this planet? Well, math is universal and science is mostly for the most part. She might have lived here for a long time. You would want you would want a non-human alien. I'm not going to discriminate based on where you were born. Teaching your child. I mean, that's fine with With me. With no teaching credentials. I'm not sure what her teaching credentials are. I'm assuming a prestigious school like the Walkerville Elementary School wouldn't just hire a teacher without credentials. They hire a teacher that just takes her kids on field trips every day. What do her lesson plans look like? Monday, she field tail- trip. She Tuesday, tailors her lesson trip. plans to teach her kids exactly what they need to know. Yeah, but... What, but like, if, if she has a kid who's like... So we watched a couple clips. There was a kid who made a musical instrument. It yeah. sounded bad. Yeah. So she was able to find to do a lesson where, like, they'd go to this, um, what they say, Museum of Music? Yeah. Which happened to be a haunted house. That's a side note. 
So he could learn about all these different like sounds and how like different instruments work and like create and fix his instrument. And that's what he needed to learn. That's what worked best for him that day. Because she learns how to differentiate instruction, <laughs> which is a key thing teachers need to do to teach to different like needs and levels of their students. So how is she also going to differentiate for the other students in the class? Because they, she just can't focus they on also, one student. Well, that's what she did for that day. Because it, it's they still all learn things. Like they were all playing musical instruments, and they learned about music as well. It was just specially tailored to this one kid, Carlos, who was making his musical instruments. But then there's other lessons where like she'll teach Arnold something, who's you know maybe like learning not to freeze his head or something, not to take off his helmet in space. I mean, he should be dead. So he really, should be dead. I agree. Yeah, he is yeah. the worst character on that show. No, meaning he should be dead because he took off his helmet. In the middle of right, middle we both of space. agree he's an annoying character who should take off his head in space and be dead. <laughs> but Miss Frizzle saved him anyway because she cares. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> jeez, good lord, good lord. Okay, where was I? Were you attacking me or was I attacking? you? I was attacking you. Okay, you froze time. Yeah, I froze time, and I was also able to use Cerebro to oh, right. find you if you and went to saying, a molecule size and blow up your brain. So you say Cerebro can be reprogrammed to find humans? I was like, maybe she's an alien. Yes. All right. Here's some things Miss Frizzle can do. Like I said, shrink down, go inside your body, mess with your internal stuff. Okay. Like maybe like block arteries. I don't know. I don't know what the best way. If you could shrink down and go inside someone, I don't know what the best way to kill them is. Like fly in their brain. Uh, just like turn their cells into cancer. So um, she's going to have the kids in the bus, right? Because this is a learning experience. Well, Based on the fact that usually we say one-on-one fights only, she probably couldn't bring the kids with her because that would be against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I mean, that's your rule. So does Miss So does Miss Frizzle just go on her bus and just do things on, in her free time? What? So generally, teachers don't have control of a school bus. Is that true? You don't have your own school bus assigned to you at your school, right? No. Do you ever ride in a school bus? No. Maybe just on field trips? Yes. So Miss Frizzle is in a unique situation where she seems to have her own school bus, possibly due to the fact that she's an expert in busology, as I previously said. <laughs> yes. So I think it's her school bus and maybe a sentient being as well, possibly an alien. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. So I think they're friends. I think they're from the same alien planet. And I think, yeah, she can ride her school bus whenever she wants. And she can shrink it down. She can make it grow. She can travel through time. She can turn into animals. Um I also briefly mentioned before, she's turned her kids into light. Beams of light that can travel at light speed. Uh-huh. So, like, you're going to have a microscopic school bus traveling at light speed, speed, yeah. speed, flying into your nasal cavity, immediately into your brain, where they're just going to detonate, like, a small bomb that just explodes your brain. How is she going to get, she's going to die inside my body then? She'll fly out. She's flying at the speed of light. She can beat the explosion. So it's kind of like Lando flying out of the Death Star. It's exactly like that. It's uh, exactly like that. I see what you're saying. Thanks there. for relating it to Star Wars. Hey, no problem. You know who also would have probably um, been in Star Wars? BB-8. Oh, that's right. Shout out to BB-8. Great little robot. That's it. Little ball. Little orange ball. So you killed Professor Xavier. That's my goal. He blew up his brain. Yep. He transferred his conscience into another human. Without his brain? What's... Well, he did it in X Men Three. He was vaporized. How did he do it? Is his we, consciousness we, we like really exist in like the ether? We have no idea. <laughs> he was vaporized and his consciousness awoke in a post credit so scene later on. If you if your consciousness patient. has the ability to exist without a body and or brain, mm-hmm. 
just in the air yeah. and, you know, transfer itself to other human bodies. He's the most powerful mutant in the world. We don't know how his brain you works. You told his me brain, Jean Grey was his, more powerful than his, him. All right, so besides Jean Grey, yes, he is, the, he is the next most powerful mutant in the world. But we don't know how his brain works. His brain could still be working after he's dead. We don't know. That doesn't know. make any sense. He wouldn't have a brain. We have no idea. I blew up your brain. We have no idea how he works, how his brain works. But what so, if he doesn't have a brain? He's so smart. He has no brain at all in this situation. Well, he had no brain in X-Men 3 when he was vaporized. <laughs> yeah, that's still that, able to survive. That is a conundrum for me. Yeah. But also for you because you don't know how it happened. <laughs> Nobody knows how that how it happened. Oh, uh, that seems unfair. You can just always transfer a consciousness when you die. I mean, eventually he might get tired if I keep blowing up all your brains. So I don't think like, so. I think, I think cut my losses. I'll I don't think so. I think he'll want to, he'll, he will want to destroy this alien uh, individual who is causing harm to students in America. So my only option is to kill every body that you unethically steal by blowing up your brain. So it's either Miss Frizzle destroys the population of Earth. You're gonna have to sleep, take breaks, fuel up the, the exactly. The, uh, take it in. Sometimes for repairs, the bus breaks down. Take too. it in for repairs. Exactly. While you're doing that, you're powerless. Without your bus, you're powerless. That's true. I heavily rely on the bus. Now you're also saying too is that you're saying that the bus is it's is also an alien race, correct? It's an alien being. It's, it's, it's an alien being, right? But if this is a 1v1 fight, the bus shouldn't even be in this scenario. The bus, the bus is part being, part vehicle. I mean, it's it's like wearing clothes to the fight. You know, we we don't deny ourselves wearing clothes. No, the bus isn't, isn't her clothes. Well, it's, it's the her same method, idea. It's her method of transportation. All right. Well, you, you're allowed to bring uh, your wheelchair. <laughs> Are you going there now? Yeah. Because he can't. Well, it doesn't matter if he transfers his conscience, he can transfer his conscience to a guy who can walk. Yeah, that's so unfair. That's that's uh Professor Xavier for you. So you went with the Trump card, you can never kill me, I transfer my conscience to somebody else. That's power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gotta state the facts here. Alright, I, I think we may be at an impasse. We'll have to leave this one up to the fans. We were gonna have to, yes. Uh Chris, have you ever heard of the uh website called Rate My Professor? Rape my professor? Rate my professor. Oh, I have heard of that. Good. Did you ever use it when you were in college? Yes, I did. Yes. So there is uh, Rate My Professor uh, for fictional teachers. Can you do me a favor? When you say rate, can you emphasize the T? I'm getting very confused. (laughs) Yes. Okay, thank you. You can go on Rate My Professor, and you can look up fictional teachers to see what people would review for them. Charles Xavier is reviewed on Rate My Professor. He is averaging a 4.3 overall quality out of 5. That's great. That's a great score. Uh, level of difficulty. He got a hot? He no also way. has the hotness. No. Yes. Young James McAvoy? Absolutely. Well, I mean. And the, Patrick Stewart. The Patrick Come Stewart on. version is more recognizable and like no one's given him a hot tamale. Professor Xavier is a really great teacher. His mind reading ability might unsettle you at first, but have no fear. Mr. Xavier is a nice man mr xavier has very clear instructions and his lectures are both amazing worthwhile entertaining and educational yeah i'm sure there's no way that professor x uh telepathically messed with this guy's mind to make him leave a positive review it also seems that he's actually uh pretty difficult he has a 3.4 rating on difficulty so he does challenge people that's a, that's a good thing you know yeah it's impossible to cheat since he just reads your mind, how am I supposed to pass this class? He reads everyone's mind unethical again. Jeez, why is he teaching the ethics class? That's the ability he has. He's, and and that, this is also, too, 
in the films they've addressed this and in the comics too. It's not that he's reading people's minds, but he just hears voices in his head and he had to learn how to channel that so he could stop hearing the voices. So at an early stage in his life, he would hear the voices. He would be reading the people's minds, but without knowing that he was doing it. So it's not like he's purposefully reading his students' minds. So Professor Xavier is not the only professor that you can check out on. I couldn't find Miss Frizzle. Did you find her? I wasn't able to find her. But uh, sticking with our teacher's theme, I found Peter Venkman from Ghostbusters. Oh, I love him. He was a professor. That was Bill Murray's character? Bill Murray's character. All fives. Uh, review <laughs> Review is Professor Venkman has an uncanny way of understanding the needs of the student. He is on sabbatical now working on a parapsychology project that both saved the world and made a huge pot of cash. He does not use a textbook in his class. I feel like he probably shouldn't get all fives. He seems pretty lazy. He probably, like, really, like... That's why his easiness is a five. Yeah. Because he's lazy. Uh, Henry Jones, a.k.a. Indiana. Uh, Helpfulness, five. That was the dog's name. That's what we called the dog Indiana. Helpfulness, five. Clarity, five. Easiness, three. So he does also challenge his uh, students. Textbook use, it's a must-have, so you have to have your textbook. He assigns readings daily. Dr. Jones is an excellent professor. He invited his top five students to join him on a dig into Cal Guatemala. Things got a little out of hand when our dig site was invaded by some grave robbers, but Dr. Jones gave the looters quite a beating. (laughs) If you're looking to take a class on fact and not truth, I suggest Dr. Jones's class. Really? So he's not going to teach him about like the Ark being the Ark of the Covenant being real, we, we don't the Holy know. Grail we don't being know when real, this happened. the aliens being real. This could have happened before all this happened. All those things happened. <laughs> okay, so we're not we're not sure. Uh, Master Yoda from Star Wars. He's an okay teacher. I Easy mean, helpfulness five, clarity five, easiness one. All of his students died, so. Except for Luke. The greatest professor I've ever had in his class, you either do or do not. There is no try. That's what they <laughs> that's, reviewed. That's pretty good. Can I share with some inter- interesting facts about Miss Frizzle? Yes, go ahead. I'm really sorry. These aren't that interesting. They're super boring. Okay. I'm going to tell you anyway. Sure. Coincidentally, even though this fact then goes on to explain why it's probably not a coincidence that this is true, but it starts off by saying, coincidentally, Miss Frizzle shares her first and middle name with both children's book author Valerie Tripp and Felicity Merriman from the American Girl series. Tripp wrote most of the core series books for Merriman, as well as several other characters, and it can also be noted that both Miss Frizzle and Merriman have the same hair color. She used to be part of a band that toured called the Frizzlets, and Molly Kuehl was one of the members. That's a play on Molly Kuehl. Molly? Ooh, I see what they did there. She used to be a Shakespearean actress. Despite her cheerful and energetic attitude, she has that occasional time shown anger and frustration. She's not perfect. It's just saying she's human. Wait, so you're admitting she's human? In like a... Oh, makes mistakes. she's not an alien! In that she can make mistakes type of way. Like, it's an expression that humans use. I don't actually know if she's an alien. I don't think that's ever brought up in the show. I'm just saying it explains a lot. <laughs> She can do some pretty weird stuff. Miss Frizzle is the only character who appears in live action. There's a Halloween special called A Magic School Bus Halloween, where she disguises herself as an old man. We did watch a little bit of that. And I believe she's played by her voice actress. Yes. I told you her name. What was it? Like Lily Tomlin? I think it's Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. She has a framed picture of Mr. Seedplot in her house, suggesting they are closer than friends. 
So maybe someday, Miss Frizzle will become Mrs. Frizzle. That'd be great for her. She deserves it. Maybe on the new um, Netflix series. Yes. They're bringing back Magic School Bus. Um, 3D animation. Yeah, it's going to be CGI. So CGI, yeah. Magic School Bus was like, it looks looks hand animated to me. It probably was hand animated. Yeah, so it's going to be CGI. Mixed feelings on that. Probably going to look fine. Probably going to look great. Yeah. Um, and only character that I know of that's been announced so far is Miss Frizzle will be voiced by Kate McKinnon. That'd be cool. From Saturday Night Live. Yes. So, as always, there's going to be a Twitter poll where you can go online and vote for who you think would win. We're going to have two Twitter polls for this episode. We're going to have who you think would win in a 1v1. I like this. In a fight. A in straight a fight. up fight. Straight up fight between Charles Xavier and Miss Frizzle. And then also who you think would win Teacher of the Year based on teaching techniques, based on their credentials what they do pretty much their resume their ethics if you ethics want to include that in your analysis you can go that way also but uh yes yeah, so there will be two twitter uh, polls that you can vote for for the who women podcast i have been steve and this is chris and please remember to subscribe follow and rate and please continue to participate in the show we will see you next time thanks for listening bye-bye here it is kids the grand canyon yes going to the Natural History Museum. Magic school buses don't do standard curriculum. Miss Frizzle is batshit crazy. Does she even have a teaching degree? It's honorary. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.